Disclaimer. AFL players, coaches, and umpires are professionals. The hilarious remarks and nicknames said in this podcast are not intended to be offensive in any way. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> Welcome to the Cousins AFLW Fantasy Podcast. I'm Keeves, coach of the Super Subs. I'm here with a very giggly Jados. What are you laughing about, dog? <laughs> First of all, I'm coach of... NFNL, KFKL, no fife, no life, no fife, no life. And I'm laughing because this is our second take <laughs> intro. Our second take. <laughs> I forgot my team name the first time round. And then the energy was... Not there. It, it was just in the middle, you know? I didn't I didn't know whether to come in happy or angry or... Sad. I just feel just totally it, normal it today, a, you know? It was a bit of a middling week. Yeah, it really was. And I think that's a reflection of where our teams are at this week. Um but yeah, so I was like, I don't know what kind of energy I'm bringing to the podcast this week. So ended up bringing none. <laughs> but yeah, maybe maybe we'll get into what our scores and rank and trades were for this week. I scored a 14.54, which means that I dipped down to 154th overall, dropped outside the top 100. And my trades were Grider, Phillips and Postlethwaite to Emma Carney, Barry and Kiara Fitzgerald. And that was a bit weird because I said some of the first names and not all of the first names, but that's how we roll sometimes. All right. How all did right. you go this week? I scored at 14.85. I'm currently ranked 262nd, and my trades were Benici, Davey, and Schultz to Blackburn, Bates, and Wakfa, Lauren Wakfa. <laughs> oh, the, the worst thing about the trades was I did – I was choosing between Riddell and Bates, and then I was very keen on Bates, so I ended up – choosing her, but I didn't make that choice until Wackfer had already locked into my team. And after I made that choice, I realized that I didn't need to trade Schultz down. I was keen because Wackfer had a very low B and was the number one rock, but yeah, I didn't have to do it. And that cost me points, but Bates and Blackburn were awesome this week. So I'm fairly happy, fairly content cousin. Yeah, well, it was the highs and lows for your team this week. Two of your inclusions went 115 plus and then one of them dropped to 30. Um, yep. <laughs> but unfortunately, Cabes wanted to dwell on the 30 all weekend and I didn't hear the end of it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I was a bit flat, mate. He was going on about how the world was ending. He was talking about how he could have won the car hey. if he'd done something different two weeks ago. I was like, mate, that was two weeks ago. You can't dwell on that now. You hang on to these things, mate. You, yeah, you do. Things. Especially you do. when the umps slight you like they did in the West Coast game. But I'm, I've got something on that later. <laughs> the thing is, though, right? Every single person in the whole competition could say yeah. they could win the car if they did 100% things differently. I mean, some people probably more things than others. <laughs> 100% mate. Some people, it might just be one little trade. For others, it might be 10 trades that, that needed to go differently. But, you know, we all could have won the car. We all want the car though. We, yeah, and we all do want it. Um, but yeah, we're, we're both pretty close. We're both still in hat contention. So we're fighting and we're, uh, we're still going. Um, let's get into our hogs and flogs for this week, and we're going to start with our hogs. All right, for my hogs this week, I'm giving one vote to my inclusion, Emma Carney, 86 on debut. Fantastic work. She's a top five defender, clearly. I bought her uh, at a price dip, and so I'm really happy with that 86. My two votes goes to Ash Riddell for 118. She's been in, been in my votes Every week, pretty much. Um, and 118, another fantastic score for a pod midfielder. But my three votes, 
Charlie Rowbottom, 133. She deserves a lot of credit. She tackles hard. She wins heaps of the footy. She's an absolute beast. She can't be stopped. Um, and I love Charlie Rowbottom. So three votes for me this week. Cool. I'll get into my hogs. I've gone one vote to Ellie Blackburn. She was a huge pod, was very cheap and a massive risk and it paid off immediately. Same goes for Emily Bates, who gets my two votes this week. They were just incredible. I watched the Hawthorne game very closely, was just staring at Bates in the CBAs and just, she just, she's hard. She goes hard. You look at her and she's just a, an absolute machine. Yeah. Love her work. And three votes, Ebony Marinoff for her captain 153, 306, just the goat of AFLW. Yeah. She really, she owns the comp. I love She's it. so good. <laughs> She's so, so good. Man, it hurts. I'm a non-owner. It really hurts. I should, ah, I could have got her in weeks ago. Sorry, I'm bashing things again. I'm <laughs> fidgeting like I do every week. But yeah, I'm a Marinoff non-owner. Um, anyway, let's get into our flogs for this week. Ooh. All right, my flogs for this week. One vote. Nina Morrison, 59 points. It hurts me to say it because we're both big Nina Morrison fans. Oh, yeah. And she's been incredible all year. And I think the body of work that she's put in for this season is the reason why she only gets one vote for this. But 59, it's just not good enough. Um, but I'm expecting her to respond. Two votes, Amy McDonald, also from Geelong, 80 points. This was frustrating for me because she's a, she's a big pod, very different to Nina. Um, the Like Amy is a bit of a barometer for the team. You know, if she goes well, my rank flies. If she does poorly, I drop in rank. And so 80 wasn't good enough. And she was on 34 at quarter time. So I was like, yes, we're on this week, boys. Let's go. And then, yeah. 46 at halftime as well. Something like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think 46 or 44 at halftime. She's fully fizzled out of the game. So anyway, Amy McDonald, two votes. But the three votes has to go to Tani Evans for a 49. Now, just like Nina, has had a pretty good body of work for the season, but two bad scores in a row, I think that deserves the votes. Um, so, Tiny Evans, three votes. All right, I'll get into my flogs. I could have given Morrison and Evans votes as well, but they've built up enough goodwill in the subs that I thought I'd let them slide this week. So, one vote I'm going to give to Georgie Prasparkis. <laughs> I know she scored a 90, but it's not enough considering she was so bad last week. Just please lift Georgie. We need more from you, mate. Two votes, Chloe Malloy. Just has been bad ever since I picked her up. She's been bad four weeks in a row. I mean, a 71 is not the worst score in the world, but when, you know, it's being sandwiched in between 50s, just need more from she's, you. She's worth talking about, really, because she hasn't been anywhere near what we expected. And she's still getting the CBAs, but she's just not really great, is she? She hates tackling. <laughs> well, previous weeks, she's tackled a little bit. Yeah, but just not quite as much as like high CBA means that you expect. Yeah. And her scoring a- accuracy is just tanked completely. I mean, she kicked zero four in one week. It probably doesn't help. Well, she tries to kick everything on the outside <laughs> of the boot. She tries to bend them back every time. Just drop punt, Chloe, please. Yeah. All right. And three votes. Lauren Wackfer, and I'm going to use this to segue us into hot bakes. Hot bakes. Okay, Hot Bakes, Lauren Wackfer and the Umps in the West Coast game just combined. They got together. I know what they did. They got together pre-game and they made a plan to, tank, to tank the super subs because 
she is a bit uncoordinated. Just like she, she's she's like a big ruckman, you know. She's, it's very common for ruckman. Yes, it's not an insult. Like we call Rob the baby giraffe from AFL men's fantasy. He's one of our favorite players. It's not an insult. She just is like quite you know uncoordinated, like some ruckmen are. But she loves tackling people high, mate. She's like, you know what? You come within two meters of me. I'm going to coat hanger you and slam you to the ground. <laughs> she gave me so many frees and it got to a point where she'd done it so many times that whenever she was just laying normal tackles on people, I'm just like, no, nah, that's a free. You cannot tackle. So just the, the sheer volume of frees against that would have been tackles. She should have scored like 28 more points. We wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation. So hot back to Wakfa for being clumsy. <laughs> yeah, four frees against. There we go. Yeah, and they were all from tackles. That's, uh, the, that's the problem. It hurts. And then hot back to the umps for being sensitive with the whistle. This is kind of like a joint, just all-round umpire hot bait because there were some horrible calls on the weekend. And I know we don't like to harp on the umps too much, <laughs> but geez, it would be good if the umpiring standard was a wee bit higher. <laughs> I'll pass it to you. <laughs> to you it's come. interesting that your your um, observations about Wackfa are like that because Matilda Schultz, exact same thing. And she's the person <laughs> that you traded out. She is. Mate, mate. I, so watching her play the last couple of weeks, I was like, I sort of had this thought. It's like, man, she gives away a couple of free kicks for the exact same thing. Just like kind of clumsy tackling, just cl- like coat hangering people, clothesline type type business um, and a couple of, you know, a couple of infringements in the ruck contest. And I was like, man, it feels like she gives away a lot. So I looked into it. She's given away 16 free kicks in the six rounds that we've had. That is so many. And and the first two weeks, she only gave away two. So she listened to the free kick count. She goes one, one, and then she gave away four in round three, then two, and then five, and then three. Yeah, it's a lot. It's so many free kicks. Um, but yeah, so that that's just... You talking about Wackford just reminded me of that and I did some digging into it. But my actual hot bake this week, it's not really an angry bake this one, but it's a it's a little observation that I've made as well just about AFLW in general and it's about not having time on for the whole quarter and they have only for the last two minutes of every quarter. And it's really frustrating and I think every fantasy fan is going to have the same thoughts. So the thing is, right... <clears throat> Every time the ball goes out of bounds, the clock keeps ticking. Every time there's a free kick, the clock keeps ticking. Um, So it becomes incredibly frustrating when there's like umpires deliberating about a decision. Like they're like, "Mm, was that out of bounds? Was that a lasso free kick? Or was that a behind? Was that a goal? Shut up. Just make the decision because they stand there and 30 30 seconds disappears off the clock. Now, um, I saw another thing in the um, poor Adelaide game. A player got injured. And they stopped the clock like they were like, oh, the player's not getting up. And then they were like all standing there waiting for it. And it's already like distressing enough seeing a player on the ground that's injured. And then the time just didn't stop. I think it was 30 or 40 seconds until the umpire was like, oh, that's right. I need to blow the whistle and call time off. And I was like, dude, that's 40 seconds. That's just wiped off the game because the umpire wasn't paying attention to what's going on. Um, So all this time is kind of lost. Now, I think, a good solution for the AFLW going forward would be not to necessarily like extend the length of quarters, but just adding time on 
to every single quarter, like for the whole quarter, because then it just is like more consistent with the game length because, you know, there are some games where the umpires are, are like whistle happy, like what you were saying before. And in those kinds of games, the whole, like around the board, it's just a low scoring game because of it. You yeah, know what I mean? 100%. Or if it's a windy day, it goes out lots. So it's like, bang, there's like three or four minutes of every quarter that's just spent with the umpire, like fetching the ball, like getting in position. They runs in 10 meters for the throw in at and then of, does it. At some of the suburban grounds as well that are like more wide open and there's not, you know, big grandstands everywhere and the ball can actually roll away. Yeah, it's, yeah, they have to fetch it. Yeah, yeah it's such a it's such exactly. a funny thing to be upset yeah. about, but it's true. Yeah, so it's not it's not necessarily a hot bag, but I think the AFLW could be more consistent with the length of quarters if they just had time on and they like shorten the length. Say it was like thirteen minute quarters, but they had time on the whole the whole time. I think it would just be or more like consistent. You know, fifteen's a nice round number. Yeah, for, I think so. With time on, yeah, rather than making it like seventeen minute quarters, but only time on for two minutes. Yeah, it's, it's very weird. it's very it's odd. really weird. Like it's very odd. I've noticed a few times like it goes out of bounds and it's like two minutes ten on the clock and it, it like ticks down and then as soon as it hits two, the clock just stops and it's like. I don't know why they do it like that. It's a, it's just a weird decision to me. So there's a little hot bake, <laughs> constructive hot bake from me. Agree. All right. I've got one more hot bake as well. And it's to Geelong for benching Georgie Prasparkas and Nina Morrison with seven minutes left on the clock. I know that players rotate. It happens in both forms of the game. It happens in just every sport. Players rotate. But when you're down 10 points with seven minutes on the clock, you're taking your two best midfielders for the season off at the same time. Just a horrible, horrible choice. Surely in AFLW, when some midfielders actually play like 95 plus percent time on ground, just leave them on. Don't bench them. The most important part of the game, when you're down, you actually have a chance to win. It was incredibly frustrating as an owner and I'm sure Geelong fans would have been pretty upset as well. So hot bake to Geelong, silly, silly stuff. Yep, that's a good one to notice. All right, we're going to move straight on to fantasy stocks. We're switching things up this week, Keebs, because I am leading fantasy stocks. I'm going to throw some players at you and we're going to discuss them quickly. Now we're going to kick us kick off with the defenders and I'm starting with Emma O'Driscoll at 806k. It's an interesting one because she scored that 30 two weeks ago, coming off a ton in which she was just dominant for the entire game. She was incredible. I think you're going to get that with her, that inconsistent scoring. But if you're looking for, I guess, a cheaper top five lock or close to the top five lock, you could probably do a lot worse. Like she's going to have that inconsistent scoring, but she could win you a matchup. Like she could get you ahead of the competition. So I like the pick. I like it as well because that 31 was against Richmond, who we know now are easily the hardest matchup for defenders. They press really high. Um, she's a great interceptor. She gets lots of the pill. I think she's a great pick. And because of that 31, you can just think of it as her being a bit cheaper than she would have been. That's how I like to think of it. That's how I, I thought about Grider from the start of the year and then she scored a 30 the week that we picked her up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I agree. I agree. They're totally different though. <laughs> they are, they are. That's funny. All right, next name. Tiny Evans at 751K. What do we do with her? I think it's a hold. Like, she doesn't really have enough value on her now to sell, and she has played two bad games in a row, but it's not really terrible stuff. Like a 49, considering most of the other defenders, their floor is a lot lower. I think it's fine. Like, in a game that the Giants won pretty comfortably this week, they're probably not going to 
be that dominant in in most weeks. So she's going to have more more chances to score down back. I think she's fine. I'll I'll hold her. Yep, I agree. All right, next name for you, Belinda Smith at nine hundred and two k. Yeah, I'm massive on this. I know she's expensive, but I watched this game closely and she looked incredible bouncing off halfback. She took a couple kick-ins as well. I'm not sure exactly how many because they take a little while to update those stats. But yeah, she looked incredible and it's three good good scores on the trot for her now. So I think if you're looking for a unique, she's probably the one to go. Yeah. Just quickly, those scores are 94, 76, and 84 in her last three. Yeah, massive. So, and she just obliterated the eye test this week. Yep. She looks so good. All right, great. Next name, and this is the final defender for you, Daisy Darcy at 660K. Could you do it? Yeah. I think if you're shopping cheaply, she's probably the way to go. She's had three bad games in a row, which is obviously a concern, but you would think that she, she probably goes up from where she's at now. Um, I think she's the cheapest player that you could consider to be a top five chance. Um, and yeah, everyone was really high on her sort of going into the season. So I think that the the bad form is going to turn around and she's probably a great buy at the moment. Yep. Just to, just to present the other side of that argument, one of those three bad scores was a 58, which is not too bad. Yeah, it's-, it's fine for a defender. And then also one of those bad scores was against Richmond, which we know every defender scores badly against. So... Bargain, I reckon. Yeah, exactly. I know you're, you're very keen on it. You've been talking to me about it all weekend. Yep. All right, next name I've got for you. This is the start of the midfielders, and we've got Ellie Blackburn at 1.187 mil. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big Ellie Blackburn fan. That's why I got her last week when she was 1.09. She's probably getting a bit expensive now. Plays Adelaide this week. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it at the moment. It's... For me, it's a hold because, you know, she's in my team and I, I don't have any inclination to trade her, but I don't think I'd be buying her at this stage. Yeah, she's gone up a, a fair bit the last couple of weeks. All right, what about Maddie Presparkus? And I'm going to throw in another name who's exactly the same price, Emily Bates. They're both 1.203 mil, and I want you to discuss both of them. And if you were to pick one of them, who would you get? Don't you talk to me about Maddie Presparkus. <laughs> I was keen on her weeks ago. And you told me no, and look what she's done. And I have Georgie Presparkers instead. But I mean, yeah, Maddie and, and Bates are both great options. I think. I, again, I got Bates last week. She just has a terrific run. They both do actually have really soft runs over the next three or four weeks. So I think you could do both. For me, probably leaning towards Bates. She's just been good in every game. But yeah, I, I find them hard to split. I, I think if you if you are shopping for a mid, you could definitely grab either. But which way do you lean, cousin? I'm probably on Bates just because of how soft the Hawks run is. Like, it's probably the softest in the game. Yeah, the the massive amount of tackles that she gets also sort of means that she has, like, quite a higher floor. So, yep. it's probably her for me. Yeah, I like it. All right, last of the last of the midfielders for you. Jenna Bruton at 1.083 mil. Yeah, I'm big on this as well. Back-to-back 110-plus scores. I think she could be in line for another good one again this week. Um, yeah, North just have a stack midfield. They share it around and she loves a tackle. So they have Port this week too. So if you're kind of looking for a cheaper mid to just ride for a week or two, she's probably the way to go or someone that you can at least consider. Um, doesn't really have a great history of scoring. Which Yeah, is- I'm just looking at it now. Her previous seasons, 70, 69.9. So that's another 70, 68, 69. It's all very similar around the 70 mark. 
Yeah, that's the concern that the last two weeks of scoring could be somewhat out of the box, but she saw a bump in Tog this week as well, which helps. Um, yeah, I think she should be good again this week, and then she's probably not someone that you want to ride for the rest of the year, but if, you, if you're looking for a cheap mid for a week or two, then she's probably the way to go. Yep. All right, great. Now to the rocks. We're going to discuss two at a similar price bracket, and I want you to compare them. So we've got Mim Strom at 942K and Alice Edmonds at 982K. Yeah, this is a big choice for me this week because I'm looking to bring bring one in. Edmonds, you know what you're going to get from her. She's She was just an absolute beast last year and she's been awesome again this year. Averaging 80, has a soft run as well considering she's such a dominant tap ruckman. So should be very good for the rest of the year. But Strom, who's averaging just under 84, um, plays Geelong against Hoare and then the Saints the week after. The Saints have just been giving up enormous points to Ruck. So I like Strom. She's a little bit cheaper, averaging more and has a really soft next two weeks. Um, I don't think you can go wrong with either, but Strom's just the way that I'm leaning. Yep. Great. All right. Now we're going to move on to the forwards. And the first one I'm throwing at you is Paxi Paxman at 933K. Could you do it? (laughs) I assume she's coming back in this week. Coming off a concussion from her dog, which is one of the wilder stories in footy. But yeah, I mean, it, I guess just recycle all the things that we said about her last week when, you know, we, we thought she was going to play. It's it's probably the way. Like, if you're looking for a cheap forward, I, I don't think there's really anyone cheaper or better that you could grab. Um, yeah, just just a good price and should be close to the top five for the rest of the year. Yeah, a couple of things. How do you get concussed by your dog? Like, I'm, tr- I'm trying to picture it. I don't quite know how you'd manage that. Mate, I don't know. I actually can't. I'm just, <laughs> I've got I've got two very hypo staffies, and yeah, uh, yeah they, I don't know. They've done some things. They've made they've maybe made, on the leash. It like pull, pulls you into you. You knock your head on something. Maybe. Well, they've they've smashed Bianca in the nose before. My partner and made her bleed from the face. Like <laughs> right, okay, yeah, yeah, pretty significantly. Yeah. So yeah, I can see that happening. But concussion is just—it's hectic. You it is pretty get, wild. Yeah, I don't know. Just smashed with a head. Dog heads are pretty hard, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paxi had never missed a game in, since her debut. Wow, earlier this, this season, year. and then now she's missed two in what three or four weeks? I think four weeks. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Now, just back to the discussion on Paxi. Um, she has West Coast this week yeah. for some instant reward, but I guess. I, I, the reason I'm throwing it at you because I know she's cheap. We know, we know what she does. But like picking a player for concussion is sometimes a bit of a risk, you know. I don't. The thing that I'm not quite getting is I read the the report they put out about it, and they didn't actually say that she's concussed. They said, "Oh, we we might have to find it because the wording around it was very vague." They can't. They kind of said like in case of concussion. They, yeah, they were just, resting her sort of thing. I don't know. I, I mean, I would imagine she's concussed, but when I read it, I was like, that's yeah. very Well, odd. the AFL and the AFLW, we know, are very conservative with concussion calls. Yeah. Um, you know, the last couple of years, especially this year, unless you're Port Adelaide. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we won't talk about that. Um, but yeah, all right. Next name on the list, Nina Morrison at 1.105 mil. Could you sell her for a cash grab? Just just quickly going back to the West Coast matchup, that is as soft as it gets. That's a reason that I'm considering pulling off some weird trades this week. But okay. We might get into that later. Would you, would you consider Morrison to Paxi? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting cash grab. 
Morrison is just so good. I know she had a bad game, but she's been super consistent. The one thing that I'll say is she doesn't really seem to have a ceiling that kind of goes against her. So I, I think if you trade her, she's probably not going to burn you too badly. And Paxi's pretty consistent sort of the other way, like has a, a relatively high floor. Um, it's a move that you could definitely look at. You know, Nets you almost 200K. Yeah, well, just like what you were saying about Nina not having too much of a ceiling. It's like, it's almost guaranteed that she goes down further. That's yeah, what I mean. Yeah, and, then, sure. and then there are a handful of defenders that, you know, can fluctuate and that you could easily bounce to Morrison in one or two weeks for not too much. I think she's got the fourth or fifth highest BE this week as well. So yeah. she's probably going to drop under a mil or close to. So so Nina to Paxi is a trade that I'd actually tick off then. Yeah, I don't mind I think it. you could, that could be an interesting cash grab. I don't mind it. There's not many other cheap forwards that I would consider. Like Barr and Goldsworthy. Yeah. They've gone up quite a lot. Close to a mil now. It's kind of, there's no one under 900 that you would even look at. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, it's, I, yeah, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. <laughs> Speaking of bar, that's the next name on our list. 989K. Yeah. If you're shopping for a primo, is it, is it too late? Would you just go elsewhere? Man, it's She's hard. She's unique. It really comes down to the team and who you've got because I guess the advice is, is different for a lot of coaches. I've got her close to my top five, not quite in there at the moment, but yeah, man, I don't know. It really is a hard one. I'm probably, I mean, obviously she's at least a hold. I just, I don't think I could buy her that expensive. It's very, it's very expensive. I wish I brought it up last week because I was sort of keen on it and you, I wouldn't say you talked me out of it, but you were like, you might as well pay a little bit more for Paxi or Goldsworthy, which you weren't wrong. Like Goldsworthy still scored a 90, but Bar, I like Bar because she gets the CBAs. Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to get the numbers here. Her CBAs, this year, she's gone 78%, 30%, 50, 50, 60 in her last three. Yeah. Is that from the week? The week no, so, that, yeah. so that's round three, four, five. Yeah, I was going to say. Those last three. Um, yeah, she was awesome though. Like she smashed the eye test and she's someone I like, but again, she's just a bit too expensive. When you look at the list of forwards, I'd probably rather just try and find the cash to go up to one of the big dogs there or I even prefer Goldsworthy if you're a non-owner to bar still. Okay. I just... I. Goldsworthy just looks great. She still, even though she spent a bit a bit more time forward sometimes, she still gets up around the ball and impacts at the contest. So, yep. yeah. Okay, final name of the forwards and final name of all the players is Christy Stratton at 820K. Mate, this is a tough one. And my answer honestly depends entirely on the CBA data from this week. Because I watched the Hawks game and she looked great, but... I was basically just staring at Bates in the CBA, so I did not pay <laughs> any attention. I was just I was just watching my girl Bates get it done. So, yeah, Stratton, every time she got it, looked great, and she passed the eye test, but I didn't pay enough attention <laughs> to her to her role during the game. Once the CBA has come out, if I find out she had 70% plus, even maybe 60% plus, I'd, I'd be keen because she looked great. B is low, 820K. She's probably, she's probably the cheapest forward I would – consider at all um and i've sort of looked at swapping deanna berry to her but again pens pending the cba data so if it's a hold it's definitely a hold but possibly not a buy yeah 820k it's such an interesting price bracket and i feel like stratton is one that i haven't been able to get a read on all season it's tough going oh it's too late it's too late and then she had one bad game and i was like oh good we dodged a bullet and then she's been great since then now just looking at the scores i'll go through them so she's coming off a 91 68 
And then the 51 is the bad score, but she only had 52% time on ground in that game. For whatever reason, there's no like explanation that I can come up with as to why she had low time on ground that week, but she's been rock solid. I've got her in my uh, Marrera's Magic team, which just quickly, I'm up to 13th overall. Mate. Climbing. <laughs> We're climbing there. Um, and yeah, she's been rock solid for my team. So 91 is an incredible score. And I watched about a quarter of that um, Hawthorne game she looked over great. the weekend. She was awesome. Yeah. Um, she got 18 disposals, which is way more than she's got in previous weeks. Like we know she's an incredible tackler. Her tackle numbers go 6, 12, 6, 10, 12. Yeah. So the tackles were actually down on the weekend yeah. and she still dropped a 91. But she found a lot of the, a, a lot of the footy. She kicked a goal and she looked good when I saw it. So maybe, maybe she's improving like as, you know, as the season goes on. Um, she hasn't traditionally had too much mid time. So maybe she's just like sort of getting used to being an inside midfielder. Yeah. AFLW is such a hard one to get a read on because I think Chrissy Stratton is 31. Uh, if, if you could check that for me, that would be handy. It actually usually says on the app, it's, it but does. it's blank for oh. Christy Stratton. Well, there you go. <laughs> Don't ask me why. I'll see if I'll Google it quickly. You, you right. riff. I will riff. But the thing that I was going to say for why AFLW is kind of funny because we're seeing, I know she, you know, she's been in the comp before, but you kind of see these players pop up randomly and it's hard to get a gauge on if all the players can 28, 28. Okay. So yeah, she's in, she's in her prime. She's in her prime, but she's only really just like come back into the league playing games. The thing I'm trying to explain is imagine, I know it's different, but in the men's comp, if you see this 28 year old who'd, you know, been delisted before kind of come out of the VFL and just start playing averagely, you probably wouldn't consider him in your team. But in AFLW fantasy, it's like, oh, I don't know. Because, yeah, I don't know. It's hard, man. I'm trying to think of an example of that in... I can't. I just can't think of this. <laughs> no one's coming coming to, to the top to of the dome right now. <laughs> but the point is, like, you see these random players kind of pop up all over the place, just seemingly come from, you know, almost nowhere and impact. And it's hard to get a read on or kind of point to any evidence because there's not... Like, the evidence is just goes in all different directions. You know what yep. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm saying you could do it, but yeah, again, it, you could get burnt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a hesitant recommendation on Christy Stratton. Yeah. I think you could, I'm considering it from Deanna Berry, but we'll see how we go. Yeah. All right, great. Let's move on to Knights of the Round Table. We're Knights of the Round Table. We dance where we're able. We do routines and all the scenes of footwork in Ben Cable. We dine well here in Camelot. We eat ham and jam and spam Knights of the Round Table. Now, Keebs, this week we're kicking off with our best 16s, like we always do. We're going to update them. Um, why don't you hit us off with your hit us up with your defenders? All right. Best 16 defenders. One, Hannah Priest, Emma Carney, Isla Sheeran, Charlotte Thomas, Belinda Smith, and then my honorable mention is Angelique Stanett. Stanett? Yeah, okay. Stanett. Not, Even off a poor score. Yeah, a poor score. It wasn't that poor. Um, O'Driscoll as well. I know she probably should be in there, but the 31 just scares me. It scares me so much. And I think the other players that I've listed in the list are a lot more consistent. I'll say that even Stanett has been great all year and is coming off an average score, but that's the way I see it. Buster. All right. <laughs> you you made me laugh with that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll say my five. I've got Hannah Priest, Emma Carney, Charlotte Thomas, Emma O'Driscoll, 
and Isla Sheeran rounding off the five. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. I don't mind what I heard just then. And just a quick special mention to Emerson, who's been incredible. But did me- you include Smith in yours? Say it again. Say your five. I'm so sorry. Priest, Carney, Thomas, O'Driscoll, Sheeran. No Smith. You don't like Belinda Smith? No. I sort of missed her out. <laughs> nice. She's I still I still would probably pick those others. Really? No. Nah. Yeah. For me, mate. She's They're got just... the form. She smashes the eye test. I'd have her in front of O'Driscoll. Just O'Driscoll saw 32 weeks ago. That's so bad. It's weird, man. It's weird. It's so hard with the inconsistent scoring to say, yeah, this is my solid top five. I mean, the first four names, Priest, Carney, Sheeran, Thomas, for me, locked in, but the rest is kind of just all up in the air. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, there's a, there's always inconsistencies. So I guess looking to the uh, looking to the fixtures and price is, is how you want to decide which ones you want to bring in. For sure. All right, midfielders, who have you got? I don't even think we need to discuss this, to be honest. Marinoff, Garner, Robot, and Riddell, Hatchard. Easy. That's done. It. I've, no just got, I've just got Hatchard and Riddell flipped. Yeah. And Th- that, I've got the same. But there's no one else. There's no one even knocking on the door. The door is so far away. <laughs> it's slammed shut. <laughs> yeah. It's bolted. Throw away the key. It's done. Yep. All right, Ruck. Same thing, right? Yeah, so Morph at number one. And then I also listed Strom and Edmonds because I think the gap has narrowed between them. Um, and I think you could take on Morphet with Strom and Edmonds and feel good about it at this point. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if any of those players were the number one averaging ruck for the rest of the season, to be honest. Edmonds with the soft run, Strom is also just having a massive breakout and Morphet just to continue what she's been doing. Mm-hmm. All right, forwards. All right. I've got Laura Gardner, Bonnie Toogood, Kate Hoare, Nina Morrison, Zali Goldsworthy, and then my honourable mention is Nicola Barr. Yeah, I've got the same. Exact same? Same, yeah. Same order? Yep. There you go. It's getting, I feel like it's getting easier. The best are sort of separating themselves from the rest at this point. There's probably, yeah, I mean, defense is the only line where we have questions, but even our, our top sort of four was unanimous in defense. Yep. Cool. Great. All right. What's next? All right. I'll segue us into our listener questions for the week. We've got one here from Jiao Chow at Jiao Chow 10. Sorry if I butchered that name. And it's, can you trade Parker to Bruton? And then also a follow on is, can you have three North mids in the same team? Um, I think you can, but I would probably hold Parker. Yeah. yeah is, that, is that where you're at with it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've got Parker in my team and I'm not really looking to trade her. They have the Saints this week. Be interesting to see if she gets some attention from Priest. I wouldn't think so. Priest kind of like at times gave Bates a little bit of attention, but didn't really run with her too much. I think Parker will be fine this week. They play Carlton the week after as well. So you probably want to hold Parker for, I guess, next next two weeks and then trade before the Gold Coast matchup. Yeah, Carlton aren't the softest team in the in the comp or not as soft as they seemed to be at the start of the season but still one of the easier matchups yeah yeah exactly so i think i think you can hold i mean i guess it goes the same way like if you really want to trade you can i don't think she's going to burn you horribly but um i think i'd just i'd rather just hold her yep so okay bruton's probably more of a risk put it that way yeah but the answer to the second part of the question is yes you can have especially from north melbourne you can have three of yeah them. north are just dumb. i've got three you could have four bringing me a king don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer. Yeah. All right, cool. We'll move on. Next one is from Tim at Flicker Tim. Which of these trades do you prefer? Chloe Malloy to Nina Morrison 
or Tiana Smith to Georgie Prisbarkas. Ooh. Georgie. Smith to Georgie for me. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Malloy, I mean, she's- M- Morrison's on the way down as well, so- That's the thing. Like, Malloy outscored Morrison by 13 points this week. And Georgie's been bad, but- I think she's going to go bang soon, surely. Surely she's got more. more I don't know. I think maybe round one was the outlier. Yeah, but when you look at it, I don't think she's gone above 110 since round one. That's five weeks now. Yeah, I know. I just, it feels like she has more. She has been tagged a couple times as well. Yeah, but she'll continue to get tagged. I don't think she will. If you look at the, if you look at the fixture, I I did have a flick through it a couple days ago and I reckon she's going to got a couple weeks of clear running. Um, but Smith to Prasparkas is like rookie to, to Primo, whereas yeah. Malloy to Morrison is mid-pricer to Primo. But, you know, Morrison's definitely not like a big, yep. big dog that you need yep. in your team. Yeah. Yeah, I was playing devil's advocate, but I, I do 100% agree with you. I would be trading Tiana Smith first. Yeah. Tim also said, enjoying the pod, keep up the good work. So oh, thank, lovely. thank you, Tim. Thank you. All right, next question is from Mac Wallington at Mac Lidlow. Belinda Smith, question mark? Well, y- yes. Y- yes, yeah, yeah. We discussed it before. I'm, I accidentally left her out of my top five. <laughs> That's how much of a pod she is. Um, but yes, yeah, yeah. Massive tick for me. She's expensive, but I think she's going to continue close to her form. The good thing about getting defenders from West Coast, her and Thomas, is just West Coast get blown out. You just don't have to worry. Like West Coast suck. They're probably going to have opportunities to score every single week. Whereas defenders that play for the better teams, we can see some. I guess, inconsistent scoring whenever their team is just dominant and they don't have a lot of opportunities. Yeah. Cool. All right. Next question from Leo Beveridge at Leo Beveridge one, Jess Good, Bree Moody or Mim Strom? It's Strom for me. Yes. Yeah. You you put up a convincing argument before just with the, uh, the run that she has over the next two and she's cheaper and she's probably more unique. Yeah. Don't good. quote me on that, but that's my that's my guess. Yeah, I think she is. Good and Moody also sort of take points off each other as well. So Strom is is the one for me. Yep. Cool. All right, that wraps up listener questions. We will move on to the cousins crystal ball. All right, sorry, we're doing a double take on that last question because as soon as as soon as you said crystal ball, I was like, hold on. I, I answered that question thinking that you we were talking about Alice Edmonds, but we totally weren't. It was Jess Gooden. Bree Moody. <laughs> and Bree Moody. And I'm totally sorry. So what I just said probably made absolutely no sense. Um, but yeah, Mim Strom is still my pick. <laughs> yeah, Strom is my pick. I don't think you could consider good. Moody, you probably would only consider if good plays less rock minutes. All right, cool. Now we'll move on to the Cousins <laughs> Crystal Ball. <laughs> Okay, cousin, it's time for the goofy part of the pod, my favorite part of the pod, my favorite part of the week at this point, mate, just to have a bit of fun with it. Now, the Cousins Crystal Ball, last week you said Georgie Prasparkas would score 110 plus. Yeah. We need a sound effect that we I can I think just we've got one. Pipe in. Do we have one? All right, we might have to use it. <laughs> you also said Jazz Garner would score 140 plus. Two big misses there. What have you got to say for yourself? That's it. That's all I've got to say. All right. I said Georgia Prasparkas would go sub 90 for the second. <laughs> I don't think that deserves a babow to be well, honest. Well, it does. It was close, mate. Four points. It, Four points. That's close. It's close. It's but close. It's, guess what, cuz? No, nah, I don't want to guess. <laughs> all right. I also said Elise Parker would go 120 plus. Now that was a big miss. She scored 72. 
<laughs> Dog, nah, I just, man, I thought she'd be much better against West Coast, to be honest. Really quite a frustrating game. You know what? Yeah. Going back to <laughs> the now question. Now the hot makes really begin. Now, going back to the question about if you can trade her to Bruton, I'm going to say yes, you can. Just do it, Bruton. Don't, don't let your emotions nah, cloud the Bruton's decision. Bruton's on the up. Parker's on the down. She dogged me for crystal ball. I'm flat about it. Let's move on. All right. What have you got this week? Jiao Chow, don't listen to Keebs. Please. <laughs> oh. He's emotional. He's not thinking Ble- straight. At least Parker. Think. Uh, I don't. Uh, she Bruton, scored Bruton has been excellent. She scored seventy-two against West Coast, mate. West Coast. Yeah, but West Coast. Bruton has averaged seventy flat for like four seasons. Come off back to back. Like one yeah, she's been incredible. Scores. She's. I. Ca- I can't deny that. But just do it for she's the cash. probably been overperforming. Do it for the cash. You get what one. 20k and then you could probably make the switch back next week and make another 100k that's how rapidly their prices are moving bruton i think it would be 62 even if she scores a 70 she's going up this week if parker scores a 70 this week she's going to tank her price massively uh, yeah i don't know all right it's did, it's crystal ball anyway maybe parker <laughs> did trick us all if you look at her, her numbers for the whole season she didn't trick me because i got her beforehand but yeah, she is having an inconsistent year. She was good last year, though. That's the thing, mate. She is a premium. I think she's just having an inconsistent season. Anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> what it's, you got? it's crystal ball. And what, now what, we're finally arguing about, what about you, the question properly. What have you got for us this week? <laughs> All right. Tell me what you think of this. Hatchard to outscore Noffy. Uh, nah. No? Nah, like the dogs are just soft. They're just not very good. Hatchard is a beast as well. Like as long as she's not getting defensive attention, I think she's a chance in any week to outscore Noffy. Not saying that I think she will, but she's a chance to. I would love it if she did because I'm actually considering trading Noffy. That was my big, my big, my big trade plans. Probably going to get just a massive bake from the listeners now, but you've got to be creative in this game, cousin. You have to be. I don't know. I, nah, you've got to give me a number. You've got to give me a number on it. Five plus points. Can you give me a number that Hatchard scores? You would prefer that? I just wanted yeah. to get creative with my prediction. It is creative, but I just want a little number as well. Hatchard to score. The thing is, Hatchard hasn't had much of a ceiling this year. Yeah, She's gone over 120 once all year. Yeah. And Noffy has done that. Every three. week except twice. I'm three, pretty sure. Three times she's missed it, I think. Oh, sorry. Yes. Round one, she missed it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, nah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think she'll score? Do you, are you, so do you think Hatchard I, will have a big week or yeah, Norfolk will I'm have thinking, a small week? Uh, no, I think Hatchard is going to have a big week. I think we're going to finally see the ceiling this week. That's put, my prediction. Put a number on it. High, 135 her, plus. Her highest score of the season. Yes. All right. We'll do that. So she has to beat 133. And outscore Noffy. That just makes it so much harder because she could she could score a highest for the season and have a massive game and Noffy's like, yeah, no worries. I'll go 180, guys. Imagine if Noffy gets injured on three and then Hatchard's I will her. celebrate. I will, rock. <laughs> I will win the car. You're a bad person. <laughs> We're going to have to delete that. <laughs> I wish... No, just quickly. Okay, I wish no I, injury upon any player. All right. I've got... Instead of a score that Hatchard has to go over, 
So Hatchard has to outscore Noffy, but give me a score that Noffy has to score over for your prediction to count. So like Hatchard will outscore Noffy, but Noffy will still score like okay, all right, plus, I like it. 110 I like plus. Hatchard to outscore Noffy, and Noffy still goes 115 plus. Yeah. All right. I'll give you that. That's yeah. There's there's a few there's a few layers it is, to it. There's layers to this. It but, is a layered prediction, but I feel like that's fair. All right, that's a fair fair way of doing. Cool. It. All right, deal. That's a deal. Done. Shake on it. All right, we just shook hands. Pleasure. Now I've got Bruton one ten plus for the third week in a row as mine. All right, I think that's bold. Done. All right, we'll shake hands again. <laughs> <laughs> nice and simple on that one. No we've, layers. We've done it. Crystal ball is is, it's not what it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> We used to what just, do you mean? We used to just sit here and argue for 10 minutes oh, right, and say, right. you're, you're pissing me off. Yeah. Just you're a peanut. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. We're, 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 more, we're more civilized now. We're more we are, civil. Mate. We've yeah. grown into men over the course of the year. <laughs> All right. We'll move on to Proverbs. Fantasy Proverbs. Fantasy Proverbs. Now, the last couple of weeks, what we've been doing is scouring the interwebs, finding our proverbs and then sending them to the other person for them to explain bit of a, I don't know. I don't know what you would call it. Like a quiz show type of thing that we've got going on with proverbs at the moment. Quiz show. I don't know. I don't think that's right. It's probably not. I think you fumbled the bag there. I think you're about to fumble the bag. Like you have the last two weeks. Yeah, in a I, row hate because I hate it. I hate this quiz show business. <laughs> I like, the thing is right. You have to be quick on your feet and that's just not me. You know? Hey, like I believe listeners guys like every week when it comes to like planning for the podcast, I have my notes all detailed. I need to know what I'm going to say beforehand. Whereas Keebs is just winging it every week. Yeah. It's weird. I feel like if I have too many notes, then I just, I, I get stuck reading, reading my notes, looking at my phone. If I'm able to just wing it and use my overall charm charisma to get me through, I'm just going to be good every week. <laughs> Now, now we're just getting into the technicalities of podcasting, I guess. We are. No, let's, uh, let's get back on track. All right, I've got two for you this week. So I'm going to send you one, then you'll send me one, and then I'll send you another one and we'll end the pod. All, all right. right. Okay. Are you ready? Deal. Done. All right. It's sent it's I'm sent nervous. through. It's uh, sent through now. All right, here we go. This is from Travis Cloak. <laughs> they don't talk a lot of smoke and shadows behind the windows. I don't know what to say about this. You've, <laughs> you've done me again. You always... Yeah. <laughs> You've stitched me up two weeks in a row. Oh, no. All right. You're going to have to explain it. I'm sorry. Uh, That one was just a bit of a joke. It's, it's, it is a funny quote. It's it hilarious. is a funny quote. It's it's from a Travis Cloak interview from like five years ago. Where he just absolutely fumbled what he was trying to say. And reporters were like, what? What are you talking about? Hilarious. All right. That was my fake one. I'll give you the real one. But give me, give me yours first. Right, I'm right. ready. Never play leapfrog with a unicorn <laughs> from Jados again. Yep. And mm. what that means. You're stumped. I've got him. Is you, I've done it. <laughs> is don't bring in players to your team that have the ability to burn you horribly. Jenna Bruton. What's that? Why would you get her in your team? <laughs> she might score 60 this week. That's a silly choice. Don't make choices that have the ability to harm you badly just float through and play it safe that's what you're saying play it safe always don't take risks <laughs> not what i'm saying no the unicorn is referring to a very specific player someone who is just out of this world incredible not like the rest of the players in the competition Noffy. Noffy. 
Novi is the unicorn of the AFLW. Chris Stapp's I tried to I tried to get the NBA unicorn. Yep. Yep. Novi is the <laughs> You've done me there. <laughs> Novi is the unicorn that I tried to leapfrog in round one, thinking, you know what, I'll do something a bit different. I didn't like the way she finished last season. I think she's overpriced. And I got burnt. I got cute trying to do something unique and I got stung by the horn trying to leapfrog it. I'm considering playing leapfrog with the unicorn this week. Don't I've, do it. That's why, that's why I put this in here. I've got the unicorn, cousin. You've got to take risks in this game. I did. And I cry every time Adelaide play. But I what, cry. Yeah. Real tears. While, she, but while she's maxed in price, there's so much value. It's different. If it's, you go Herder Bruton, which sounds just like the riskiest trade in the world, 520K that makes. That's enough to fully upgrade Wackfer and Malloy to Kate Hoare and Mimstrom. That's massive. Yeah, Hall but, plays West Coast this week. She might drop a 150 on no, but the top, the top primos in the other lines will drop a 70 every second week. Mimstrom, hey, 60s. You think that... Kate, even, Kate, even Kate Hall will drop 70s. We saw it last week. She will. But, but Noffy, ha, like her ceiling is so much bigger. Like she's, she is the one that you want to cook your team to get. She is the one. <laughs> she is the, the one. one. She's the unicorn of the AFLW. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, don't mess around with it. I'm telling you, I it enjoy, will ruin your life. I enjoy taking risks. That's what fantasy is about. You've got to play the, the game the way that you want to play the game, cousin. I traded out Ghana and it was the best choice I've ever made in my entire <laughs> life. Not even talking about fantasy. The joy that I get <laughs> from watching her fall in price is akin to someone <laughs> being gifted a puppy, cousin. <laughs> a puppy. That's how I feel every week <laughs> when, she, when her scores drop. Like I've just got a new dog. Just, it's great. It's exhilarating. I could, I have the chance to feel that again. I want to, I want to do it. I want to take the risk. <sighs> All right, guys, everyone trade out Noffy. Yeah, do it. No, I'll, I'll be happy if you do. I will, I will tr- attempt to justify this because I'm just outside the top 100. I'm what? 262nd, I think. I need to do something a bit unique just to sort of give me the edge over other people. If I can do that for one week to upgrade the rest of my team, it essentially finishes my team besides the midfield. But if I can find the right player like I did last week with Blackburn and Bates, it's an easy jump back to Noffy next week because that's essentially what I'd be aiming to do. Jump off Noffy this week and grab her back again straight away. Just use it as a moneymaker because my bench is shot to bits. How are you going to get her back? I've been trying to get her all year and I haven't been able to do it. Because the rest of my team will be finished and I've, I've got G and Fitzpatrick on my bench who are just over 500 and both sort of steadily rising in price now. If I could trade, I could trade one of those or both of them next week and just get any mid up to Noffy. Like it, it, it puts me in a position where it's easy to get back an uber uber primo mid. Um, so that's why I'm considering it. It's kind of just like a one a one week swing to upgrade the rest of my team and just take a risk on her and pray that she's not massive this week. But I've been praying every week and it just doesn't. She got tagged by single so hard and she still scored a ninety two or ninety one. Ninety one. If she scores anything under 120, it's immediately like a massive win. She just doesn't. I'm telling you, mate. I, I was dancing in the streets in round one. I was like, yes, I've done the best thing. So a little context. I faded her for Jazz Garner. So that actually was awesome. Jazz Garner. It worked early. She was, but I want, I haven't been able to get her in for anyone else. Yeah, it's hard. It is hard. You just got to, 
Yeah. That's that's the point I'm at though. Like I don't, this trade will eliminate my other priorities and getting Noffy back will immediately jump back to number one on my priority list because again, the rest of my team is basically going to be finished. So it's like, I know it's a risk, but it feels like a necessary risk to try and leapfrog some other teams. All right. I don't know. And, the other the other part to this is Hall plays West Coast this week, who she could drop a big ceiling score on. Um, yeah, it's a risk. And then getting a ruck who I just desperately need. There's other ways I can get a ruck, but yeah, it's an interesting right. one. We'll see. Just live and die by your decisions. I'll keep I'll keep the listeners updated. Yep. Do right. it. Cool. I'll, Send I'll, me a second your I'll, second proverb. I'm sending you my second proverb. All this right. is my serious proverb that I want you to actually try and explain. All right. It's from Key Glock. And it goes, yeah, yeah. I got a real, real addiction for this cash. Yeah, yeah. I got a real ambition for this cash. I, I don't know where the quote's from. I don't know who- It's a Key, song. Key, okay. I assumed I assumed as much. I don't know if I was close to what the song actually sounds like. Can you, can you give us a demo? Yeah, yeah. I got a real ambition for this cash. That's just how it goes. <laughs> That's the nice. song. It's yeah, called yeah, get- Ambition for Cash. All right. He has an ambition for cash. I've got an ambition for I cash. I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's straight back to talking about Noffy. Yes, it the is. The unicorn of the AFL. Yes, it is, cousin. Yeah, yeah. well, I guess Keebs is trying to say you got to do what you got to do to make the cash. If that means to sell the most expensive, the best player in the whole league, it's got to be done. If, if no, I will, I will side with Keebs for a second here. If you can get players that are going to have a massive ceiling score this week. If you can justify the trade on the other side, you can, it can be a good move. Like you went, I'm blanking so hard. Take over for me. What are you, are you trying to explain when I traded Ghana out? Yes, you traded Ghana. That's the word I'm looking for. You traded Ghana a couple of weeks ago. It basically helped get your season back on track. It did. You were outside the top 1000. You're now about 200 and something. It was the catalyst for turning my season. She's dropped probably about 300K, which is also probably what you made on the trade at the time. Probably more, 400K. Yeah, more. I can't. I'm trying to think of the player that I actually brought in for Ghana. Parker. You went Ghana yeah, to Elise Parker, Parker three weeks ago. That's right. Yes, it was. And Parker hasn't even been amazing. Like she had that one massive game, but she doesn't have to be amazing just to justify the money that you made on Which, the other side of it. You it allowed you to bring in Hannah Priest, who had a one twenty. Hannah Priest and another Ford on the other end. The other thing to this as well is until this week. Parker was actually outscoring Ghana since I'd made the trade by about thirteen points or something. So. It swung back the other way now, but the prices have moved so much that that trade net me 450K and it only cost 200 to go back the other way now. So the fact that that has happened and it allowed me to upgrade to other to other positions in my team, it's a risk. And, you know, sometimes these things don't pay off. There's every chance Noffy goes out and she scores yeah. 170 the, again this the week. The difference is though, can I, can, <laughs> we're going to keep having this discussion. It's been like 10 minutes We or can something. hammer it out. I'm yeah. sure <laughs> the difference... Can I just quickly say? The diff- no, let me. Okay. No, I was just going to say, I'm sure there would be other coaches in the same boat that are also considering trading out Noffy for yeah. some cash because the bench options have dried up. Let me try and outline the difference between Ghana and Noffy though. The thing is, Ghana is the best player in the competition. She's amazing. But from a fantasy perspective, from three weeks into the competition, we all looked at those scores and were like, can she keep this up? You know, is she overperforming from a fantasy perspective? And I think we've seen that she's come a little bit back to the pack. She's been great every week, but she hasn't had a ceiling score since you traded her out. Whereas Noffy, we've seen her do it for years and years and years, like since the start of the AFLW 
um, she's been a top two fantasy player always. So we know that she's just not going to dip. You know what I mean? Whereas Ghana was like, that was a huge breakout and she is having a huge breakout. She's taken the next step, but she was like the first three weeks were just yeah, massive. I agree with you. The Ghana scoring was out of the box sort of, no one really thought, I think, that she was going to continue dropping 150s all over the place. And Noffy, it feels like this is just who she is and it's going to keep happening. I will say all it takes is one average score and then her price is tanked completely. If she scores a 90 this week, I know it's probably not going to happen. But even if she scores a 130, she's going to drop in price. Like the the trade-off in terms of price, she's probably not going to shoot up too much. Even if she drops a massive score, her price is going to tick up slightly. So... Yeah, it's really just about what it allows me to do on the other end. And I've got an ambition for this cash, a real <laughs> ambition for this cash. All right, that might be a good place to wrap it up. Thanks for tuning in to the Cousins Fantasy Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the Cousins Pod, and follow us on Instagram at Cousins underscore AFL underscore fantasy. Nice work. Subscribe hey, to our podcast feed wherever you listen to your podcast. And good luck for the round ahead. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Key Glock. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. Kiss him on the lips. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin.